Our son is dying. 16 months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our mission, reignite the sun before it's too late. Welcome to Icarus 2. So if you wake up one morning and it's a particularly beautiful day, you'll know we made it. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Interceded Film Season 3, Cliff Notes. Uh, today we're discussing the 2007 Danny Boyle science fiction film, Sunshine. This is the N to Z of film with Andy and Rajiv. Synopsis of Sunshine, our world is in peril. Gaia, no. Um, <laughs> our world is freezing because the sun's dying, so we're going to go and chuck a bomb at it. Basically, it's good. That's the basic, like any synopsis of the best. Chuck a bomb. <laughs> okay, uh, and no, today it's, it's, it's the official synopsis is it's like it's twenty fifty seven. The sun is stopping being the sun, so we sent nuclear bombs, and then the first one failed, and now this is the second mission. Also, so, not not the official synopsis, but okay, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> Uh, today we have a special guest with us, uh, Kaylee Carruthers of uh, the Rancho Notorious podcast and general film festival uh, person. Yeah. Welcome, Kaylee. Thanks Thank for joining us. Thanks for having me. We this have we have you because you have a you're a sci-fi fan and you've never seen this film before, which yeah. I'm excited oh, about. Really? Mm. Yeah, this is my first time watching it. I, re- I remember when it was released to cinemas. Um, I was still in Canada at the time because I was going through my like intense. Killian Murphy stage where I was watching everything he was in, but I just sort of skipped this one. Because he's pretty. Yeah, oh, and he, this yeah. is like yeah. prime Killian Murphy. <laughs> it is, yeah, and I'm 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 so surprised I didn't end up watching it. I was just like, eh, eh, like I'll skip this one. All right, Andy. So we've been doing this so far. So go 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 ahead with the cliff roll. Do it. Uh, the cliff roll is uh, Doctor Searle, basically the psychiatrist on board the Icarus 2. Mm. Ethnicity, not specific. Non-specific ethnicity. This might be a a first for us on the Indesita Film Podcast. Although Deep Rising... I was trying to think about that just before now. Well, Deep Rising, he's not really... He's got a a fish hook, so he's South South Pacificer. But, yeah. This is the first time I feel like the role is not important. His ethnicity is not, not necessarily important to his character. I don't know, with Mamouli, he's obviously meant to be quote-unquote ethnic. Yeah, yeah. No, Just like I think general was... ethnic, whereas Dr. Searle is like, whatever. I think in, in, in Deep Rising, we should start talking about that damn film, but I feel like the reason it's important <laughs> yeah. is because that, that, that group of mercenaries are ethnically diverse. I think that was important that he was wow. uh, as, something as, else. As uh, these astronauts. Yeah, but the, the, the weird thing I found so is... Sunshine and Deep Rising. The same. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> same level. I just found it bizarre that they all had they all had to have American accents. Like, this was still at the time in, in films where it's like, oh, we're going to have a ethnic, ethnically diverse cast, but they all speak like they're Americans. Except it's like, for Canada. Oh. Canada didn't have an accent, did he? The captain, he was Japanese. 
He sounded Japanese to me. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They let him have his, his, his natural accent. But yeah, it was it was weird because I can't remember when it stopped, but now it's it's acceptable for there to be mixed accents in films, which I find really refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I recently, I mean, when this yeah. podcast goes up, this, everything keeps getting out of date, but Ro- Rogue <laughs> One came out and... Uh, I mean, I'm a person of color myself, and that was that was weirdly, even though it's only it's 2017 now, so it shouldn't be an issue. But that was like a moment where I'm like, oh, one, an ethnically diverse cast, but yeah, the accents are like they're allowed to keep them to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. Um, what's his face? Uh, Diego Luna. He posted about how you know someone he reposted on Twitter about how someone took 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 their their dad. They were they were like a, a oh, Hispanic yeah. family, and they were like his his dad was like surprised that he kept his exit and i'm like this shouldn't this shouldn't be the case but it still, it still is you know because <laughs> yeah, like you just pointed out 2007 not that long ago everyone seems to be american mm. well yeah. americans the good guys and english baddies <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you forget it well in this film it's yeah. south african right pinback is like the south african yeah <laughs> which i don't i don't remember forgot which is remember. weird as well because it's mark strong has a very English, English accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, everyone else is talking in a sort of a generic-ish American kind of accent. And yeah. And they've got the bad guy in a very strong accent choice. Yeah, and I, it's interesting because I don't remember that at all. And I, it made me think about the experience you have inside a cinema versus the experience you have at home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're, I guess, you miss things because you're in the moment. As I don't remember that at all. But when he first started talking in, you know, the video playback, it's the first thing both me and Dar were like, oh, he's South African. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's a weird choice. Is it because South Africans are seen as bad? Like, why is he South African? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why that was the case. Oh, well. Yes. Um, and the other thing I wanted to yeah. note, uh, re-watching it, um, <clears throat> and I wanted to ask Kaylee about this. I remember the first time I watched it, I mean, spoilers territory, everyone, uh, <clears throat> For a ten-year-old film, yeah. Old film. Uh, the the character of Pinbacker, um, essentially the monster at the end of the film. I remember the first time sitting in the cinema thinking it was quite dreamlike, and I wasn't entirely sure if he was real and or if mm. it was in the character's imaginations because everything the film is quite psychological up to that point. Yeah. Um, did you feel that? Because on the on a rewatch at home on the couch, just watching on TV, it's like, oh no, he's real, and it's just a monster movie ending, even though he's out of focus all the time. <laughs> Which is cool. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit confusing. It it was a bit confusing, yeah, because up until that point, like the film is actually. I mean, there's a lot of sci-fi tropes that you've seen before, and it feels a bit recycled. And it's like, no, this is you know, this is going to be good. And then and then there's a monster, and you're like, oh, it's like such a such a disappointing ending. It's like yes, yeah, it's, it's yes. you know, it's like oh, they've woken up from a dream. It's like oh, surprise, there's a monster on board, and I'm like, uh, again, okay. Ugh, Danny so, the, so you you had the same the same issue as Tarantino. I mean, I yeah. think I think Danny Boyle suffers and from me, this. And me and you and and, and, and a lot of yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I when I I remember watching this, I think maybe with Andy or a group of our friends, and I think people were generally kind of disappointed. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I still enjoy well, it, but I understand that criticism because because you know, the great Quentin Tarantino has the exact same <laughs> issue with this film as no, well as the great Andy James. That was, yeah, absolutely the great Andrew James. Thank you, G.A.J. Um, and the pretty good Kaylee Carruthers. That, actually... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was actually my going into watching it this time because I don't think I've seen it since the cinema, so 10 years. Mm. And, like, I remember the Pinbacker is the Monster being my biggest um, 
concern with the film mm. and really didn't like it. And then reading all the you know criticism and such since, I tried to give it a, a bit more of a second chance this time mm. with the second watch, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I really don't like it. Mm, I really don't like oh, it. Oh, that's interesting. It's I... because, well, because I think the, the whole bit before they get on the Icarus one and he comes over and there's all the Bernie monster man. Mm. I really like that psychological aspect of it more of mm. they're just breaking down sort of on their own without yeah. any outside monster necessity. Mm. And then when he does come on, like it's very quickly, like when he's chasing Rose Byrne, it's very much, that's exactly like a standard eighties horror film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't have so much, but I actually enjoy it. Cause it's a weird twist. I, I quite like that when it becomes, when things become weird. <laughs> um, um, but I did have a huge, huge problem with uh, the chasing Rose Byrne and um, Michelle Yeoh's character, the only female characters in the film. And they, are both very, very vulnerable. I had a real issue with that. Mm. Almost every other character, except for mm. Harvey, because fuck Harvey, um, <laughs> have, <laughs> um, gets to have a heroic, a hero- scene, a heroic, heroic moments. He has a great death scene, but he's a coward. But the rest of them make decisions that are heroic, except for Rose Byrne and, um, and Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh ends up like craving this power. It's a beautiful scene. And, mm. you know, I, mm. I believe her character 100%. She's the nurturing mother as his character. She loves... She loves the oxygen farm, but I just felt like it was um, a little bit pathetic in the way that they both died. I was mm. a bit annoyed by that. They didn't get to have a moment of being like fighting back or being heroic or doing something. Mm. Wait, you go? Well, mm. Rose Byrne didn't die until, you know, they exploded. But... Yeah, but she doesn't fight back that much. Like everyone else has got a plan on what they can do. And I felt oh, like Rose just ran no. away. <laughs> yeah, no, because when... Monster Monster Man is holding Killian Murphy out over the edge. Yeah, she totally runs up and then somehow tears half of his arm off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was a nice moment. That was a nice reprieve. But it was still like it, it was only once someone else's life was being threatened that she joined in the fight. But anyway, that was my main thing. I was just like, I, I reckon if it was remade now, some of the other characters would become female and it would be better. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, going back to your early earlier question about um, yeah, the whether it was like a dream sequence or not, mm. um, I I I didn't think it was a dream sequence. I didn't think they were going crazy. I was just like, oh, this because cause you could tell this is what it's been leading up to, like watching these videos and mm. things going wrong. It's like okay, he's going going to come on board. But also, I've been watching a lot of um, the original Star Trek, and it felt like a Star Trek episode. So it's like I knew what was going to happen because. That often happens with Star it, it's, Trek. It's, oft, it's so, it happens so often. Mm. I think that's why I found this film really cliched because I've been watching all this old sci-fi where it's like, oh, I know what's going to happen because mm-hmm. I saw that happen in the 70s. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, the, I, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a person. He's going to somehow survive and be this like weird, cancerous I love him. thing. So weird. And then they escape him because his <laughs> so, like flesh so peels off. Like, it's what? amazing. What? Because when you get that close to the sun, nothing makes any sense anymore. Even your skin just peels off and you can survive. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't understand how he survived. Maybe maybe that's why he's South African. It's like, oh no, he's seen a lot of sun. He'll be fine. He's, <laughs> got, <laughs> he's, got, he's got some good UV, natural UV protection in there. He'll live. It's like, what? <laughs> what? 
And then this, like the super religious part of it was like, what is even happening? This like, is fundamentalist. That was the whole deal, yeah. right? Like that, that was like the parallel between Cliff's Cyril being rational yeah. and uh, Pinbacker being uh, essentially yeah. a religious fundamentalist mm. is the idea. That yeah. was, was, was Cyril rational though? Because he was pretty nuts. He was, but he would still he still sacrificed himself for the greater good of the crew. So that in that sense, as opposed to uh, Pinbacker, who's like, I need to kill everyone. Yeah, and he sacrificed himself. <laughs> because and... God told me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, great plot twist. Um... Uh, yeah, see, I, yeah, that's the thing. Everyone out, like um, the captain, Captain Canada, and so like they're all, and even Killian Murphy, like, they're all a bit nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and, have like and they, you know space and they fever have their own things. Mm. Yeah, but then you have Pinbacker who's coming and is like crazy pants, make burner pants. Yeah, but they're but, just... they're but they're only nuts in the fact that they're um, I feel like they're they're not fundamentalist. I think that they're um, intense about the mission. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether anyone came across as crazy except the Cyril, but even then, it's only because of his uh, fascination with Canada does. Really? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Weird. And Killian Murphy. Where does Kaneda come across as crazy? Uh, well, he, not as much as Searle, but he also has like a, there's like him having a fascination with the sun. But he just sits in that room and looks at it because he's the captain. I, I never, I never, he, he seemed very, very rational to me. I didn't see him as crazy in the slightest. No, so, and, Searle, he, and he, was, he was watching all of the pinbacker videos like very intensely. Because he's the um, captain and... He was like, what happened on that ship? I don't want to make sure yeah, that that's what happened on my more, ship. More than just the captain would. More than just the captain would. He didn't even know Pinbacker was alive. Huh? He didn't know Pinbacker was alive. No, no, but like, he's... He I, just, I, just, I saw him like study those videos because he's like, oh, they, they were nuts. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I don't want that to happen here. What happened over there? <laughs> We're going to make sure we don't go crazy. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, I mean, there's high tension because there's, you know, those two characters are, are going to fisticuffs every time. And I think it's just because they're getting so close yeah. to, to completing their mission mm. um, until everything goes like, ugh terrible because it's a feature film and not a short film where they actually successfully do something in space um <laughs> but yeah I, th I think they're just getting it's the what the, how i felt about it is they were getting close to completing their mission they've been in space a really long time tensions are high they've only seen you know each other and it's it's that sort of yeah like cabin fever in a way and then you've got the psychologist yeah. who cliff curtis um who's sort of going a bit mental in his own way like looking for these amazing this amazing experience by staring into the sun it's like mm. okay this is this is not going to end well for cliff clearly <laughs> what do you see canada what do you see like he's about to die i need to know i need to know is it god he didn't see god so he didn't go completely crazy no but he was pretty ha he was pretty happy he might that have. that's the way he died though he was yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm going to the other side i liked his death i thought it was cool he's like yeah. he's like resigned and he's like I'm just, this is good yeah. i'm going to go sit with the other people the other pompeii dead people <laughs> oh, on okay. the chairs uh, and, and explode and explode with them yes it's good that was and, i really enjoyed his death where because it, it was like multiple cuts and it was, was like <gasps> yeah it's good it was, it was a good death but on that that's that's what is this four films now? Cliff Curtis has died in three of them. <laughs> Cliff, oh Cliff. This, yeah, it was the only one he's not died in has been three kings. Yeah, but two of them he died because he was the bad guy, so he has to die. This yeah. one was a heroic death. But it was great because Cliff Curtis is the first person you see in the film. He is. I remember when hey, I was in the cinema, I was yes. like, wait, it's Cliff. He's the first guy. <laughs> I, I, 
yeah. Yeah. That's the great thing about Cliff Curtis now. It's like, you know, I've been in New Zealand for like seven years. And now when you see Cliff Curtis in something, it's like, oh, Cliff. Like, our mate, Cliff. first name basis. Like, oh, hey. This is why we started this podcast. He's our friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully he listens to it one day. Um, <laughs> also, not only, not only do we see him first, he is instrumental in pushing the story forward he's the reason why they go to the icarus too he's not he's not responsible ultimately for the decision because this is not a democracy which is something i love in movies when they're like this is not a democracy the smartest person that's related to this idea has to make the decision I'm like yes pressure smart <laughs> although, guy although in, in my head i was thinking it's not a democracy it's a cheerocracy <laughs> <laughs> That's on me. Every time, man. Remember the same thing happened in Deep Rising. This is not a democracy. <laughs> this is a shipocracy. What's up with you, man? Yeah. It's a captainocracy. It's, it's a sistocracy. Yeah. It's ca- it's Kappa's decision. So really it's all Kappa's fault why ah, everyone mm. dies. So mm. you shouldn't well, feel bad when it. he dies. It's fine. Yeah. He needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's the deal. Um, so yeah, so when, when we when we start at the end of the podcast, when, we, when we're rating Cliff's um, cliffiness, I would like to make note of this that he's integral. Okay, guys, he's yeah. integral to the story. Yeah. He's integral. He's the first one we see, and he goes out in a really boss kind of way. He has in every film. He has the best death. In Deep Rising, he has a great death. In Collateral Damage, uh. he has a great death. He has an axe to the heart. Yeah. <sighs> Hopefully, we see more films where he dies in <sighs> fantastic ways. <laughs> <laughs> um go, going back to the the monster thing being an issue um i noted that i think this is a, an issue with some of danny boyle's i think with danny boyle's films um fire they're great but when they miss like trance suffers from the same thing third act structural f- failing um same with uh, 28 days later which I, I i quite like but it does it is the weakest element of the film is that that third act where it's all the military guys mm. um, it, and it's also written by alex garland who they worked on 28 days later and also alex garland did ex machina which spoiler alert if you haven't seen ex machina yet yeah, no, you should i haven't you haven't i've been trying to i haven't been living <laughs> in an island that has shown it <laughs> Okay, well, oh, I, so I, I won't, I won't, I won't talk about it. But I, it, yeah, I mean, Alex Garland is responsible for that one as well. So it has a an ending you can sort of see coming in a way. Yeah, I mean, what I want to spoil. I, I really liked um, Twenty Days Later. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, ex, ex Machina, but uh, it has the ending has some issues. Well, we can't talk about it. We don't want to spoil no. it for Andy. Well, maybe we'll do a podcast about it. We have to find some New Zealand connection with that film somewhere. We'll put it in the podcast later on. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I mean, tr- people hated trance as well. I I really like trance, but I get it when mm. when I read the criticism, I'm like yeah, okay, that's that's a fair enough call with the ending. Um, and same with Twenty Eight Letters. But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just I just have no taste. I like all these films. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I like it when they go off the rails and they're weird. It's fine. Yeah, I mean this film this film isn't terrible. It's just a bit predictable if you've watched a lot of sci-fi before. But I think if you yeah. haven't, you're like, oh, that was good. That was exciting. But well, uh, yeah, it does. It does seem a bit derivative. Like they have, I don't know. Yeah, it's it seems to be wanting to be almost like Alien without an alien. But there is an alien. Is <laughs> the monster? It's, it's interesting that the, 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 yeah, the word like, derivative is also used by a lot of a lot of criticism I read. 
what was interesting is, is Kaylee put me on to, and this, if, it, if people don't know this, but Quentin Tarantino does movie reviews. I never knew that. Yeah. I, he I, like, he hosts a, or a retrospective did... on Sky or something. Yeah. And yeah. then talks about the movie and then they play what? it. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite interesting. So he's got a bunch of them. They're on, they're on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I don't, I never knew that this was a thing. I didn't know the top 10, but he, he does like a TCM sort of. Yeah. He sits in yeah. a chair and there's like multiple angles and it's a black background and talks about a film and he's very pretentious and it's great. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Tarantino classic movies. That's what I want. Yeah. 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 So, he, so he did, he did this one on Sunshine and I watched it and it was interesting that he, he didn't talk about it being cliche or derivative. He actually talked about it being really innovative and interesting the way that it was the psychological aspect of it. Uh, which I thought was interesting. The really psychological in... aspect, yeah, but then I get, like, it just it goes off the rails. But I don't, I don't think it is. I mean, I, I would agree with Kaylee, but to me that wasn't a negative. I, I think it was. Um, I mean, the word derivative I hate because what's new in Hollywood? There's no, there's no new stories. Um, you just got to do them the same stories in interesting ways. And I thought it did it in an interesting way. Um, but I, 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 watching it, I just, I kept thinking about like um, Forbidden Planet and old episodes of Star Trek. It just seemed like that, like it's all about these characters. Because I guess it's kind of old-fashioned that way. Yeah. And the fact that sci-fi, that's not an action movie in space. It's a bunch mm. of people standing around talking, being on a mission, like the Forbidden mm. Planet. Um, and then it becomes essentially aliens at the end, which I was like, oh, that's a nice twist. Because mm. back in the day, when you have like, like Forbidden Planet's a good example, it goes off the rails at the end, but it, it doesn't become like a like being chased by a monster movie it becomes mm. like everything goes to shit and the robot human ends up in hell thing that was that's a weird <laughs> ending and i love it um, i'm looking forward to seeing this now oh right yeah you should see it um but i i you know daddy was like well i like 2001 and i also like aliens why don't an alien why don't i put those two things together i'm like yeah. that's fine and there was, there was a, yeah there was a lot of like <laughs> this movie had a lot of film references yeah. you know and, yeah. and danny boyle who's quite you know quite a famous director in his own right referencing all these other i mean he didn't write it but yeah ref, clearly visually referencing all these films was quite, quite mm. interesting and i, I have to remember because i do this a lot when i when i see older films is watching it at the time in 2007 i yeah i probably would have found it more um yeah groundbreaking more exciting mm. whereas now it's like i've seen all these films before and it just it just mm. feels like something i've already seen before um, but I think when you're a film nerd, like the three of us, mm. it, you, you get to that, don't you? Like, I, yeah, I feel you bad because you've just point. become sort of pretentious. Like, well, I've seen this story before. Because, like I said, there's not many news stories, right? Like, no. I'm trying to, I, I'm yeah, always trying to think you, of what, what you, is. You see, you see that story that you've seen before, but you see it done in a new or interesting way or yeah. with a very personal stamp to it. And hmm. again, like, I love all of the stuff right up until the monster arrives. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing I found really interesting is like, oh, like, it, it's a really good cast. Like, if if he did this <laughs> film... Wrecking cast. Yeah. It'd be a very expensive cast oh now. Oh, Yeah. It'd be too, too expensive to make. Yeah, be, it, it, you, you wouldn't be able to get all those people in the same room for that budget anymore. And it's, you know, it's before a lot of these actors, you know, Chris Evans had his, his big break. I didn't even realize, realize it was Chris Evans till he cut his hair. And I was like, oh, yeah, He's got guy. a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this yeah, I think this was this was the first dramatic role I'd really seen Chris Evans in, mm. and I think it was not long after this that he got Captain America, right? Two thousand eight. Uh, I have nine. I have the list. Two thousand nine. I have the list. Uh, two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think he was cast in two thousand nine yeah, so, or something. Yeah. Yeah, he was already yeah, he was so, he was in Fantastic Four, but we all know how that film went, <laughs> so he wasn't famous yet. Yeah. <laughs> the non-Marvel no, studios film. <laughs> And he was still kind of a goofball. Actually, then, actually, I would. I think you're. I think you're right. Like <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, he was always a goofball. He was in like what was those movies he was in? The other ones. Mum Mother Teen movie? Yeah. 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 But yeah, this was his first real dramatic role. And he like it, watching it now, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's like fucking Captain America. Yeah. Like he's taking charge, he's doing the best for the most people, he's like hmm. willing to sacrifice himself. Hmm. For the good of the mission, it's like, oh yeah, I can see why they cast him as Cap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's and that's, he's that's very just good. My Captain America nerdery, but um, but he's but he's always good quality. Yeah. I mean, anything I see him in, I'm always like, he's very. There's a great film that I saw that sort of has a letdown ending, but um, he's great. A film called Puncture. Has anyone heard of that? No, it's on my list, but I haven't watched it. He's a, he plays <laughs> like this. Um, it's a real life story. He plays like a um a um, yes. a drug a drugged out lawyer guy. Hmm. It's very cool. Um, it's all about needles and stuff, but anyway, I just I just think. And he also did that. Well, and he also did that film Push, not based on the novel by but which also has, has uh, Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis, eh? it's a film Andy wants to watch the podcast, but I'm not entirely sure if I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to bring it back to Cliff Curtis. <laughs> uh, what else was there? Um, Cliff Curtis talked about um, his. I found an interview with him. We've talked about his. Um, their training, they went underwent this sort of boot camp, like a lot of film people do, where they had to go yeah, on well, the vomit rocket and they toured a nuclear I submarine. This at the time, being like a big thing, where they they had the whole cast like almost sequestered. Mm. They all had to spend a whole bunch of time just them together. Mm. Oh, it's like um, Dogville. <laughs> it's like Dogville. <laughs> That's a very fun nerdy film reference. I was about to say like Big, Big Brother. In space. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? But he said that he didn't throw up. I think he's lying. I reckon he totally threw up in the vomit rocket. I, that's... I don't know. He's pretty tough. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Cliff, man. He's Cliff. He's the Come man. Um, but yeah, I, I did think about that. Like, you know, how that was like... It's not a big thing anymore. People are like, oh yeah, we went to boot camp and look at like you look at all the actors in the Avengers stuff. They're all ripped and Batman for Superman and like they just like spend six months just working out. Yeah, I don't know. It's Giving each time. other high fives at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, but scuba diving, I was thinking, I, I, the things they listed that they did, I'm like, that sounds like fun. I would like to do all those things, mm. like as opposed to like it was really hard boot camp training. I was like. You guys went scuba diving and you went to zero G rocket and then you got to see a nuclear submarine. This sounds cool. Like, what are you complaining about? It's all fun and games until you get rickets. <laughs> you can get rickets on this vomit rocket. <laughs> I don't know. That was a thing. Uh, you still there, Andy? Yeah. Oh, sorry, you just, you, just, you just went quiet. No. We'll, we'll cut this out. Uh, also, my la- my last bit of trivia. Really cool. My last bit of trivia was that uh, scientists. General scientists, um, there was no specifics, um, <laughs> um, are quite um, critical of the science aspects of it, especially no. the fact that there's no there's no reference made to how these the artificial gravity was achieved on the spaceship. But they all agree that the psychological aspects are excellent. Excellent. That's the, like, but but that's, that's one of the things you kind of just have to take as a given in any space movie. That they have artificial gravity somehow. Like it, it doesn't matter. That's not the important thing. No. Mm. So. Especially in this film, it's very much until the monster arrives about their psychological breakdown, and then it's a monster hunting them, and he's gone crazy because he's spoken to God. See the thing about. I can kind of like I can get that a little bit because the sun has been a god in so very many religions across the world, mm. and I can see that character having gone completely bonkers. Mm. 
just I don't know. It doesn't feel. It doesn't quite fit the rest of the tone of the film to me. I uh... I mean, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, the, the thing that I have with it is Pinbacker is, like, supposed to be this parallel with Cliff's character. They should have had a, stand, a face-off, like, on the ship. Like, him and Pinbacker were like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm a fundamentalist oh, and I'm not a fundamentalist. We're, we're Sun Brothers. <laughs> we're Sun Brothers. We love the sun. We love how it's the sun. <laughs> well, it's just a bit, ah, oh, and, like, when it when it goes to Pinbacker being on the Icarus 2, mm. It actually gets a little bit physically hard to watch sometimes with the, I'm going to just say, camera fuckery. Technical term. <laughs> yeah. 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 The fact that he, it's just, it's, he's never in focus, that there's always this, and it, I mean, it's done very deliberately, but it just uh, takes me out of it. Mm. Takes me out of the film, takes me out of that moment, takes me out of all of what's going on. Mm. Also, Cliff's dead, so I don't really care anymore. <laughs> That's what the podcast is about. All right, so this is very yeah. we're, very, we're very divided. Uh, it's two against one. You guys hate the monster. I love the monster at the end. Um, I want to talk about production design. Mm. I was like really impressed. I thought like it's a film from two thousand seven, oh, well, but it's something some of the best production design mm. still stands up. Yeah, just can I just very quickly one more thing on the science? No, um, I noticed this, but <laughs> I noticed this, but also my girlfriend who's you know got a science major from university. When they're crashing into the sun, spoilers, with their massive payload of nuclear weapons, and it's all very tense to whether he's going to make it to be able to ignite the bombs. Mm -hmm. Why does that matter? They're in the sun. (laughs) It'll explode. That's what I thought. (laughs) The sun is like the nuclear furnace. (laughs) It'll blow them up. I think there was some weird there was some weird thing in the on the IMDB there trivia. The weird, like, there was like the weird sparkly bits and shit that came out, but like there was no explanation as to what they were. Well they all we really got from the bomb was like Killian Murphy like, it's a bomb. Uh, the size of Manhattan. It's my bomb. I think well, they were talking about how it's full of all the different explodey elements from Earth that they could find, yeah. but but there was some weird thing. Well, on, was, on... No, he says he says it's it's all the fissile material from Earth, so we're the last hook, which is then why they go to Icarus One. Sure, There's sure, no sure, sure. There's no explanation as to why they need someone to detonate it. There's no well, you, explanation. You keep going. That. You keep interrupting me, but I, I, I'm saying that there's something on no. the IMDb that's uh, not that's not in the film. At all. But then that doesn't count. I know, I'm trying to explain it, but you should just be quiet for a moment. No. <laughs> okay, Are you done, Jade? Yes. Yes. You go to the corner the... and be quiet. Um... <laughs> go stare at the sun for five minutes. No, it's just what someone did one of those stupid things on IMDb or Wikipedia or something where they were like, it's this, and I'm like, but that's not in the film. Um... They'd like said some, sort of, some or... I don't know, something about like the reason why they need to detonate it is it's not dying in the normal sense. It's something about it's not doing fission properly or fusion properly or some bullshit. So that's probably someone theorized that. Uh, no scientists were critical again, of yeah, no it's... scientists were critical of that, but they were critical of the fact that it wouldn't be enough explosive to reignite the sun. Ah, hmm. right. But no one made mention of the fact that the sun will blow stuff up no matter what. 
I'm not a scientist, but that seems pretty sound to me. The sun is hot, I guess. And <laughs> I'm not a scientist, but the sun is hot. And I imagine if you put an explosive <laughs> toward next to something as hot as the sun, it could blow up. But I could be wrong. I like that. No, I like it. The sun is hot. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. In this world, I mean, I mean, uh, Andy's talking to a real life science major, so. She but, would, uh, and she says that a snow would, cold. I mean, the sun would blow it up, but I don't know. I can't say for sure. I've said I'm not a scientist. I guess the sun is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loath to talk about stuff I don't understand. Fair. And I don't understand nuclear well, fission at all. Or fusion. One of those hotter, two. The, the sun is shown in this film to be hot enough to burn shit out. Burn Clip Curtis up, for example. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, who knows? One would think Clip Curtis being the toughest man <laughs> in the world, the sun would then be hot enough. Did we establish that? To burn up. Okay. Yeah, I feel like you've established it so far in this season. Okay, yeah, he's quite tough. Yeah. Although, axes to the heart and creatures from the deep will kill them. And snakes down the throat. <laughs> well, they didn't kill him. Snakes he down might have been impervious no. to snake down the throat. We don't know. Waste of a good snake. Um, <laughs> Such a waste of a good snake. <laughs> Which is my new... It's not like they grow on trees. I'd like to go on record in saying that Rotten Tomatoes has given this film 76%, which wow. is positive. So I'm clearly correct in my assumption that this film is great <laughs> because of Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is the mark for everything. Um, the budget was £26 million. Pounds. I wanted to mention the budget and stuff. But it made a US domestic of $3.6 million and a worldwide domestic of $32 million. So I think this film lost money. Like, mm. that, that's to date, yeah. according to Box Office Mojo, to date it's $32 million on a budget of £26 million. £26 million is what, a billion US dollars? Is that how that works? I don't, I don't know. About a billion? About a billion US well, dollars? Um, depends, depends. 10 years ago, yeah. About a billion. Now, okay. 50 bucks. <laughs> 50 bucks, okay. 50 bucks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, at the box office, 2007, just to walk down memory lane, uh, number one worldwide, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. <laughs> I don't know which one that is, but uh, I only saw going, the first what one. What was happening to people in 2007? Is that the oh. first one? Oh, is that oh, how many? We're still going. I think there's six now. I don't know which one that oh. one was. It all started from a Five. Disneyland ride. Like this is just absurd. It did. No, no, the fifth one. The fifth one is the one coming out this year. Okay. Because I remember thinking, oh, it's the fifth one. Like Fast and Furious 5, it's not going to be anywhere near as good. Because the first film um, was... Well, good. Well, I, I liked it, but also it's not just called The Pirates of the Caribbean. It has one of those long names. It's got something else at the end of it. Oh. Curse of the Black Pearl. Right, Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay, so that so World's End, is that the second one? Oh. Okay. One of them had Bill Nighy in it. That was cool. Um, number two at the box office, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. And number three, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. Oh, not the best Spider-Man. No. And at Jesus. spot 124, Sunshine. Oh. Also opened at number 25 uh, for its weekend at the US box office. So I don't think this film was a huge financial success. I think mm. it's a mixed mixed reviews critically. So it's on, it's borderline, mm. even though I like it a lot. But it's That's borderline. some tough competition at the box office, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean Pirates 17 and... The top three are three. franchises. I mean, yeah. always going to be the case. Yeah, franchises—they get yeah. up there. Yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, it's weird because, like, I didn't really—I don't really enjoy it, especially the last bit. But I do kind of like it. Like, I don't hate it. It's not a bad, all the way bad film. No, not at all. It's not a bad film. It's just like, ah, uh, 
Oh, okay. Oh, it's interesting that you, because when you sent me a text message, I thought you were like, whoa, as in like, whoa, I liked it. But that was like a, whoa, what a weird ending. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I watched it with my wife and 100% we were both like, wow, that was really good. Maybe it's because the last two Cliff Curtis films we watched were really shit. I don't know. <laughs> but I still really like this film. Well, this is, this is the most substantial Cliff role. Mm. Three Kings. We've talked about, right? Three Kings, I reckon. Is Three Kings. Me? Yeah, but he's, he's not but there from the beginning. More, yeah, he's not there from the beginning. Yeah, I think he's got a... And he's probably like, he's the first human we see. I think there's a little bit more going on psychologically with Searle. Mm. Something, I don't know. Like I don't agree with that. And Three Kings, Kings is like, he's like a refugee and he lost his wife and he's fighting for his people. Mm. And he's got great hair. He doesn't have great hair in this film. Well, he doesn't really he have, does not have great hair. He doesn't have any hair, does he? <laughs> it's all it's shade. shade. That's true. Yeah. That's going to bring it down a couple of notches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cliff, what'd you do that for? All right, so if we'll start wrapping it up. So um, uh, an overall rating and then a Cliff rating. Andrew, go. Oh, uh, overall rating. Uh, not so good. Uh, cliff rating. Oh, I don't know, because the hair... We need a rating. Not so What's but not so good? Wrong. Give us out of Cliffs. The film? Yeah, both. The film out of Cliffs. The film itself out of clips, two clips out of five. The clip out of clips, four clips. Why, why four clips? What? Why, what's? Because he's so important. He's so important to the role. Uh, yeah, and I just I love his performance in that role. Yeah, I love it is very how good. You can see he's very intense, and like he's super into being in the sun and getting as much sun, <laughs> into the sun. as possible. Like, you know, his whole first talk with all the rest of the crew about bathing in the light and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then when they're on the Icarus One, he's he's very much prepared to stay behind. It's true. He has, a, he has that them. great scene where, like, oh, one of us is going to stay behind. They look at Harvey and have his, like, being all cowardly. And then, and then Cliff's all like, it's me. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because one, it's heroic. <laughs> Two, it's logical because... You're all going nuts anyway, so you don't need a psychiatrist anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you, you're all totally going to die. Yeah. You all know it. And, and then he gets to, like, bathe in the sun. Bathe in the sun. And, and it's great because they have those close-ups. There's close-ups of Cliff's face and there's close-up of Killian Murphy's face. I'm like, oh, man, my man Cliff's getting lots of close-ups. This is great. I was pretty excited it's about so that. It's so good. I was pretty excited about that. It's true. So, yeah, four close. Four close. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go um, the film uh, 5 out of 5 and the Cliff Roll 5 out of 5 because 5 close out of 5 Cliff because these ratings don't mean anything and I'm, I'm, I like the film. So, screw you um, They mean something. All right. <laughs> what about you, Kaylee? Um, oh, now I can't remember what I rated this on Letterboxd, but, but chatting about it, I'm, I'm going to give it like 3 out of 5 for the film and 5 Cliffs out of 5 because there was so much Cliff Curtis and it made me so happy. <laughs> I was like, there's so much Cliff oh, Curtis. And I'm, I'm, and I'm glad that I waited to see it because now I can like appreciate all the Cliff goodness. Yeah. He also has a scene where he takes his sunglasses off and uses them to point at a screen. I like that. <laughs> While being intense. Yeah. yeah. That's actually scene. a really great scene because he's, like, he's been in the shadows yeah, yeah. and then he comes forward and takes his glasses off and you see like he's all burned and Gross. crazy and stuff. Yeah. Like he's picking yeah. at his skin. Sorry, I keep... I'm trying to wrap this up, but I keep like, oh, and then he did this thing that was cool. <laughs> well, it's a Cliff Curtis podcast. Come on. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this was, I'm so glad I got to help you on this one because there was so much Cliff Curtis. It made me really happy. So much Cliff. And he got, yeah, and he got, he got the ending he wanted. 
I feel like he was sort of excited to stay behind because he's like, yes, farewell, you crazy people. I'm going to go out. I'm going to do my research and burn my retinas. Yeah. Um, actually, well, like, yeah, like him in Canada might have had the best, like yeah. the happiest death scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they kind of went out how they wanted to go out. I don't think really necessarily Canada was happy. I think it's very honourable and cool. Yeah. I don't think he was like, yeah, this is great. Whereas I think Searle was like, yeah, this is the best. This is my jam. <laughs> like, this is my jam right like, now. I don't know, but just something about Canada, like, there was... You're never going to convince me that he's crazy. It's just never going to happen, but... Not crazy, <laughs> but, like, there was an intensity, and he had... There was obviously some trauma with him and the son... He was like, so he faced it. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a wall of fire. Yeah, it was like you know the Buddhist thing. It's like an honorable way to die by lighting yourself on fire. I think he was. I think it was like a like an adversary for him mm. to be overcome or something. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Also, sorry, just very quickly, I know we're wrapping it up. But we are wrapping it up. The wall of fire made me think. So when Killian Murphy is like crashing down to the sun with the bomb and it all goes sparkly, sparkly, and then there's that moment where he's standing between is it the sun and the ball explosion maybe and he's all real peaceful yeah what did we think was going on there i think that time doesn't work in the way that we think it does when you are hurtling into the sun <laughs> that's my fear <laughs> even though you're not a scientist i'm not a scientist i don't know anything about these things this is a completely uninformed no. opinion Rajiv's not a scientist, but he thinks the sun is hot and maybe time goes weird. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm not yeah. a scientist. I don't know how many times I have to state that for you, Andrew. I'm not a scientist. But also, this is this is sci-fi, and, and it play, this is why I love sci-fi so much, because it always plays by its own rules, you know? It, 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 there's its own laws within the film, and it, anything can happen. Yeah, you have to. I think you have to do that to a certain extent. I mean, sometimes you can go like hard sci-fi, mm. and that turns a lot of people off. Mm. I'm not a huge, like, fully hard sci-fi. Like, I can I can enjoy elements of sci-fi that are hard. But if it's, like, you know, dry, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, it needs to be a little bit exciting. You need a bit of wet sci-fi. A bit of wet sci-fi. <laughs> Ew. It's a bit wet. <laughs> um, we, we, we're, not, so we're not wrapping this up at all, but um, I was confused. Are they, were they coming back to Earth? There were so many times where they were like, when I see you again, they were talking to your relatives. I'm like, I'm like, isn't this just a suicide mission? Aren't they just going to die? No, 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 no. no. no it was going to d- they, detach yeah. from the ship and they were going to go back. Yeah, but once you're that close to a sun that's no longer dying, aren't you just burnt up in the sun? Like once you set off a nuclear reaction in the sun? I was confused. No, 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 no. There's like, they... Regine, you're not a scientist. <laughs> okay, okay. <All> right. <laughs> so that was confusing okay, to me. So, so it was never a suicide mission either. The... No, w- no, it wasn't no. a suicide okay, mission. Okay, all right. But, but really, until, really, when you start watching the until, film, you're like, this is going to be a suicide mission. Like, they're talking about how yeah. it's going to work, and they're going to, like, let the bomb go, and then they have so much time to, like, fly away from it before it explodes. I'm like, oh, you're going to die anyway. But I was confused. I'm we, no scientist, but yeah. you're going to die. Uh, I was confused. Where was the bomb? Wasn't it in the dish that was protecting them from the sun? Didn't they have to jettison the Yeah, the, the bomb dish? was in the dish, but, like, the rest of the ship was going to detach and fly away. But then it no yeah. longer has the dish, and then it no longer has protection from the sun. The, the ship needs protection from the sun, right? It needs that dish. It's very confusing. It, Look, yeah. Okay. Regine, Sorry. There's a, see. Like, so, okay. Right. So there's the bomb. Uh huh. Yeah. And then it's on the there's the dish. Yeah. Got okay? it. Okay. Yeah. So you serve up the bomb on the dish. Yeah. Okay. To the sun, who's like yum yum yum. Yeah. So, because it's hungry, yeah. which is why it's dying. Okay. Science. So yes. So you serve up the bomb on the dish, mm. and then you you scoot away. 
And whilst the sun is busy, oh, you take the bomb. I was yum, distracted. Yum, yum. <laughs> yes. Ah. yes. You yeah. The, the sun is sentient. Ah. That's, the whole, that's how it works. The sun is sentient. Uh-huh. Okay. That's why they need to ignite the bomb because the, the sun was like, no, I'm, nope, I do not, ex- I will not blow this up. Okay. So they gotcha. force it. The sun was like, <laughs> the sun was yeah, depressed, sun was like which is why it's going. Yeah, it's not working so well. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was just like, ah, oh, just the guys. Okay. I'm, I'm just a little bit tired, so I'm just gonna rest for a bit. Okay, I, so I'm not a scientist, <laughs> so I'm really thankful like, that you explained um, this to me <laughs> yeah. in great detail. Yeah. Did you get these notes from your girlfriend? No, no, I'm also a, not a scientist, so I made them good. <laughs> okay, we'll wrap it up. Any anything else mm. anyone wants to talk about before we before you go? <laughs> no. no. All right, Kaylee. Where, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I am on the internet uh, on Twitter. Is where you can find me. Um, Kaylee in NZ, K A I L E Y I N N Z, and on Instagram, same handle. And yeah, I'm just. I mean, it's my job to be on the internet, so I'm sort of always. And you're, you, have, you have your own podcast, which yes, I highly recommend. Yes, uh, with Dan. Yes. When is the next uh, Ranch of Notorious? Don't ask that because this podcast doesn't go up in any sort of order. Yeah. Just just listen to the Ranch of Notorious. Um, where can we find Ranch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ranch of Notorious. Um, <laughs> you can find us on the RNZ uh, widescreen sites, and we're also on Twitter at Rancho Podcasts. That's R A N C H O Podcast all one word great uh what about you andy what about me uh, this is my only podcast <laughs> uh, you can find rajiv on the internet at rajiv film r-a-j-e-e-v-f-i-l-m hopefully that's given andrew enough time to gather his thoughts <laughs> uh you can find me on the, the twitter and the instagram and the letterboxd which i'm on now which i'm starting to use yes me too though, i'm addicted like well, like, I don't have much chance to use it because we've only got one cinema here in Guernsey, which is my new island. This is our first episode with me in Guernsey. Hello. So there's only one cinema, and it's, like, way out of town. Hello, Guernsey listeners. What do you mean, way out of town? You live on a tiny island. What the hell does that mean, way out of town? Just drive oh, there. Why? I don't have a car. <laughs> well, just walk. How big is the island? Just walk. It's like an hour and a half walk, and there's not footpath all the way. Okay. So. All right, fine. Wow. Get a, yeah. get a horse. Um, get <laughs> a horse. Okay, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. There is a field where we can keep a horse. Anyway, I'm on all those social media places. Andy James, Inc. with a K. Sometimes underscore, sometimes a dot, I think. I'm not sure how it works on the letterbox you should find out i can't remember <laughs> you can also yeah. find us on the twitter at, at ntzof damn it i was gonna do it okay you, you, go do it at ntzof okay and then th- that's it we'll see you guys soon with another episode thanks another clip roll thanks for listening <laughs>